What is going down, everyone? It's time for MojoBreak.com, the hype. Episode 296. We're on the road to 300, and we need ideas for you guys on what we should do for the special episode 300. We were thinking of 300 shots of beer, 300 ounces of beer, 300 shots of Jack Daniels. I don't know. Uh, Something like that. But if you guys want to join the Hype Community Facebook and give us some ideas on what we can do for episode 300. We've got a few few tools in our tool belt already, but we want to hear from you guys uh, what you guys would like to see, whether it be bringing back old segments, doing a special guest that price. I don't know what it could be, but let's hear your guys' thoughts on the Hype Community Facebook page. Also... We've got our all-access football, which is now live on mojobreak.com. That gets you a break of every single football release for the entire year. So it's $99 a month. You get an exclusive 12% off any football break with your package, as well as 24-hour early access to the first case break of each football product before anybody else. So you can use that code and pick your favorite team before anybody else gets a shot. So uh, lock that in. It's $99 right now for the month or $1,000 a year, which saves you almost $200 if you do the year up front. And we're going to start with encased football. You get one box break of every single football uh, product for the entire year. So it's about 44 releases that you get. So join that. Subscribe now. Save. I mean, if you think about the 12%, you buy a big big enough team, you already make your money back just on getting the coupon code. And you get one random team in a box break for the entire year of football releases. It's right on the banner at mojobreak.com. All access. Check that out. Today's show, we're going to go over the state of breaking. The article came out on ESPN. Some of you guys have read it already. If not, check it out. We're going to discuss our point of view. We've been doing this for over 12 years now, so we're going to see what we've said, the ups and downs, the good, the bad, all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about uh, Chronicles Soccer today, the upcoming. We've got Finest Baseball. We're going to review uh, Panini one NFL select basketball Goodwin champs so we got a jam-packed show sprinkling a little bit of national stuff as well man it's good to be home I was in Florida I don't know how you people that live in Florida deal with that humidity it's insane out there man I actually figured out why they call things drip because when you're in Florida you're dripping so it probably originated in, in Florida as is, is the, is the saying you know you dress up nice in Florida you drip that's that's all I'm saying Dan how's it going uh, yeah, pretty good. That was a heck of an intro, man. I feel like is the show over yet. <laughs> There's a lot of words. There's a lot of words. I, 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 a lot of words. I, 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 you know, the, the the tube was kinked up for a week. I'm I got a lot to say. Pretty excited. The what? You know, you know when you have a water faucet. What was kinked yeah. up for a week? The hose. Yeah, the hose. Right. You know when you got a you got. Oh, you're you know, the hose too. Yeah. No, I get it. Like you, you know the hose. Is, yeah, exactly. I get it. It all spurts out once you let it go. Oh, sure, precisely. Come on. A hose. We're talking about a garden hose. with you guys? <laughs> There's nothing more. Get your mind out. Did you guys drink out of the hose as a kid when you're on yep. a hot day? Yep. I'm here. I'm here okay, to talk about I, it. I've met, I've, I've met people who are like, why would you do that? I'm like, who are you? Where How'd else you could you up? drink? Right. Exactly. Pretty anyway. sure I did that as a kid, yeah, too. Yeah, of course. When you were out there playing smear or uh, chase the football guy down, when you're playing that game and you're hot and you're dripping in that humidity of California when we do have some and you need a drink of water, you ain't running inside. You're getting it right out the hose. Yeah, precisely. Right? Yeah. No, I, I, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. I don't. Different time, though. Different time. I don't know. I don't know if that's something that I would probably do now. Yeah. 
Like, so, are you are you going out in your front yard and you're just like, oh, me- no. I, here's the thing. As a kid, I, I think up until if you're like, I think when you hit like adulthood, essentially, when you hit 18, 18th birthday, if you're you drinking are, out of a water, you are now officially you cannot. It's like it's kind of like trick or treating. You get to a point where you can't do it anymore. Yeah. So. Uh, Trick-or-treating and drinking out of a water hose about the same About thing? the same time length, okay. yeah. I think, yeah, if you're like a grown man, grown adult, you know, 40 years old, drinking out of a water hose, so you, you can't even have the excuse of like, so look, it's my so hose. Like, so hypothetically, you're 16 years old and it's uh, it's Halloween night, you're going trick-or-treating. It is okay to start drinking out of your neighbor's <laughs> garden hoses as you go up. You're all trick-or-treat. You're all a little thirsty. Let me get a little, little swig of water here. Move on to the next house. This is no problem. but Especially if you're in Florida, you're going to need it. Um, but, hey, maybe the water quality is worse now than it was when we were younger. I don't, I don't know. know. Who knows? There's definitely some more minerals in there. Minerals. It's good for minerals. you. Then it's good for you. So well, yeah, that's wrong. Well, and the technology of uh, having water on your fridge was less likely back then than also it true. is now as well. Right? Also yeah. True. I mean, speaking of that, though, I mean, how often do you change out your fridge filtration? Filter. Too much. It's a couple couple months. It's it's too much. I think it's I think it's a Ponzi scheme. Well, actually, I I was uh, it's funny because I was just reading the instructions. I went online and I'm like, okay, I'm like, I bought my fridge a while ago, and I'm all. Never, never changed it. Mm. And uh, yeah, supposedly every every six months, I just had a water water filtration system put into my house, so I could drink out of the toilet now if I want. Oh, nice! That's what (laughs) that should be on episode three (laughs) hundred. Toilet drinking, (laughs) idiocracy time. Um, Yeah, I mean, mine lets me know I'm the front of my fridge, but it's I think I think it happens too often. Mine does not. Yeah, it already tells me I need a new one. I swear I just replaced it like three months ago. So mine does not say that. What? Don't we have the same fridge? It's an LG, I think. Oh, I got the Samsung. Yeah. Mine, mine doesn't tell me. It's like, hey, you're fine. Yeah. Anyways, do you uh, have to disconnect the water? No. To okay, yeah. Mine was like you have to disconnect the water, which I'd have to pull the refrigerator out and like. I'm not into moving refrigerators. Are we talking? Are these the types of fridges where if you really <laughs> wanted to, like, you could just binge television show you know you just pop on netflix and binge you know whatever your show I think is the, the uh, or whatever no samsung's do it no okay. mine doesn't have a tv some of them do mine my, mine has a mine has you you could you could knock on it yeah and, mine and it, like, that one too. you could see inside of oh, it without nice. opening yeah, it i have that okay. one too yeah, yeah. you don't you, you don't ever use that though no I've, I've actually never used it i just know That's it exists cool. and I've never seen that. you can also like look on your phone <clears throat> there's a camera in there to see if you're like at the grocery store and you want to see what's in your refrigerator. I like that feature. That's why I never, almost bought a Samsung. Never used it. Right. And also, this is like, I, I think I'm, we're selling Samsung yeah, refrigerators we're, uh, now. Yeah, we're appliance episode. Uh, Craft ice, like the ice balls. Never oh. used it. It makes those. those Love it. I thought yeah. it was the greatest idea ever. Never I've never used it. Used it. Never I mean, it. if you drink like <laughs> old fashions or Manhattans or something, like old yeah, classic I, cocktails, that's a great thing. I thought have. I was going to love it, but yeah. I, yeah, no. I wanted to just put it in my water thing. Um, and then there's never enough for a party because it only makes like nine. So if you have a party, then you're like, you only have, you know, you're, you're done. And it just drops them into a tray. It's loud. Yeah. And it's loud. I mean, it sounds like you're all cool. Like something just crashed. I have a broken window now. No, it's like, just just the craft ice ball dropping. Sounds like Dan should have been at Michael Rubin's white party with the kind of fridge he has. <laughs> I mean, geez, you didn't get an invite or? I did not get an invite. Man. Next I year. Mean, Plus, man. like, I don't like wearing all white, man. I mean, 
you walk around in that party for like what six minutes and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna touch something you're gonna done. be done done oh yeah. When's the, last, when's the last time you guys wore all white? I mean, I'm wearing a white shirt right now, and I think there's a stain on there that I... Well, yeah, you were in the trenches breaking right now. Yeah, that's right. There's no so doubt. I got a stain on there. That's an old stain. Can't I, think, right no there. I don't know. I, call me old school. Cheetos and breaking. Yeah, you can't be eating no Cheetos at the all white party. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, I guess you as the night progresses, you figure out how bad someone is based on how dirty their white clothes are, right? So you spill a couple shots on it. I mean, the only time you'll catch me in white pants is if I'm playing in baseball or football so i i won't wear white pants normal. that's right that that you just go you you just go straight to the white pants no i said that's the only time you'll catch me wearing white pants that's on my list of do not wears is white pants you can get you can wear black pants what if we baseball. what if we wear all white for episode 300 <laughs> ah <laughs> now you're out of idea lighting's gonna be tough and all we do <laughs> we eat flaming hot cheetos and see who has the messiest shirt at the end of it it's <laughs> <laughs> not a bad idea Weigh in on the Hype Community page. All right, let's get into this state of breaking. So the ESPN article came out, um, uh, I think it was last week. I, I got a chance to read it while I was um, in, in Florida. Uh, the controversial rise and uncertain future of box breaks. And uh, I believe this article was written by Ryan Hawkinsmith. And it is a, uh, you know, a good profile of our good buddy Rich Layton. Talks about his rise through the breaking industry and how he got started. Um, but I think where it really paints the picture negatively is the gambling aspect of breaking, which, you know, is kind of one of those words that we haven't really talked about here. We try not to push people in that direction. And uh, I think Rich did not know that this article was headed down this path. Uh, he thought it was just maybe a profile on him. But, you know, with the timing of everything, it it spun that way, which is interesting with eBay's rules that are coming out with Fanatics Live about to drop. So the G word being thrown in our industry is becoming more and more prevalent to, you know, customers are now obviously aware of it. I mean, they, they, they most of the customers are aware of it anyway. But, you know, it's one of the things I think for us as a company starting in 2010, we've never really kind of pushed people into gambling type games we've always been against razzes that was one of the first things that popped up in our industry was in 2014 there was people doing razzes what razzes is is it's a raffle you can't say raffle because raffles are illegal so let's create a word called razz razzing uh, was huge in a single card market where everybody pays a 10% of the price of the card. And out of 10 people, there's one winner. So you could win a $200 card for $20, but 90% of the time you're going to get nothing. So uh, that was where it started to turn for us, was seeing that stuff happening. Uh, people also did what's called a filler. So if you have 10 spots left in a break, random team style, and the break spot's $60. Well, we're going to sell 20 spots at $30, half of you are going to win spots in the break, and half of you are going to get nothing. So that's already where the history kind of started turning against and making this seem like gambling. Then you introduce, after the pandy, you've got whatnot. You've got, uh, maybe not so much loot, but you have whatnot. You have drip. You have these platforms, and these guys are surviving and dominating based on gambling they are pushing people they're talking values uh that's one of the things that you know and we're not, i'm not saying that our our direction's right or our direction's wrong we just want our yeah. customers to feel like it's their choice that they got into a break we didn't you know push them into it by saying this car you could hit a tesla you know you buy a hundred dollar spot you could get a tesla or you know you could buy a new house and all this other stuff we've kind of swayed away from that and i'm not 
trying to pat ourselves on the back, but we just understood how this could be taken this way, and we've always threaded down that line, Dan, right? And we've never wanted to talk about values on That's the feed. That's a Tesla. Yeah. That's a Tesla. So, I mean, that's a great, but, I mean, that's a but great, we've had internal conversations. <laughs> we've had internal conversations. Because at the end of the day, this stuff is cardboard. That's all it is, is it's cardboard. Now, there is some cards that have diamonds and gold and all that stuff in it. And you could necessarily put a value on the gold. But the card is, it, the value of the card is the is in the perception of the eye of what somebody wants to pay for it. Let's, let's go back. I mean, let's go back in the Wayback Machine, though. Let's go back to, and I'll, just myself, like, I'll date my basically date myself here um 89 upper deck we we're all chasing king griffey jr right um you were collecting at that time i was collecting at that time um i would go to local card shops and i would get 89 looking for king griffey jr why would i get why would i look for king griffey jr why was i looking for king griffey jr and not everybody else who was on the checklist um because he was the hottest rookie at the time no because he was no. the most valuable in the Beckett book? Sure. Okay. Yeah, you would go to Beckett, you go to the price guide, and that was like a $100 card raw. Like, right. and this is before grading. So $100, and with the arrow sign, was going up. That's a potential what? Like, those packs were like $3, $4 probably at that point, and you're trying to get a $100 card? Mm-hmm. So you go back, and this unfortunately this like gambling mentality goes back even that much further back like to 1989 so what's the difference between like joining a group break or going into your local card shop and ripping a box because you are looking to it hit a card of more value than you paid for the box yeah and, and maybe that's what you but they are i mean when we started we started with top series one 2011 and we were selling teams because people want to collect the Mets cards. People I know I get that, and I get cards. that. But to play devil's advocate, like if you rip a box or you're into ripping wax, there is gambling aspect. There is, but not every collector is a gambler. True. Um, true. I know a, a great amount of collectors that don't, and they stick to your heritages. They stick to your series ones or your Don Russes. They build the sets. I mean, there's probably less set builders now. I think I feel like with the younger generation, it's Fallen. Am I right, C-Rad? The younger generation has less likely to be happy about getting a Camilo Duvall <clears throat> card than to get a uh, mm. Webin Yama card, right? It's right. all about whoever's the hottest at the moment with the younger generation. So they've came in, and gambling laws have changed. Gambling with DraftKings, with you know FanDuel and all this stuff, and, and make, making gambling more accessible. They've maybe pivoted into that, and I think they've had a lot of influence over this industry. Am I right, am I right in thinking that? Because you kind of came in... We were in 2010. You were like in 14, right? So you were kind of breaking was still probably at the same progression as when we started when you came in. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you did you were you drawn in by the gamble of it or were you drawn in by the sport of it? Um, for me, I mean, anybody knows my history with, with cards for me. And I tell people this all the time. My favorite part of everything that we ever do here is the excitement of not knowing what, what, what you're going to get out of these packs. Like, right. so that, that goes back to me as a kid and, and Dan's right. You know, like I was chasing Marshall Falk and MS Smith cards when I was young, um, in the early nineties opening packs, you know, those are the cards I wanted. Cause I looked in my Beckett book. I was like, Oh, if you get this holographic Marshall Falk, it's like worth 40 bucks. I was like excited about that. And you know, and the excitement of just ripping packs that that's what, that's what drew me back to the hobby in the early, early 2010s. And, um, you know, it really is the, the the joy of like 
you know, not, not necessarily selling it, but like just obtaining that card or whatever card I'm or whatever player I'm collecting at that moment. So, yeah, that, that's how I came in back into it. That's that's always been how I, I've looked at this this hobby. Right? Is is from the the the, the, the happiness you get from just an excitement you get from opening a pack and not knowing what you're going to get. And then go go to Cody. I know you collected a little bit in the '90s. What was the sentiment for you? Was it more like stats at the back were you looking for certain players i was always like i I don't think as a kid the idea of making money off the cards ever went through my mind now i was collecting kind of after the like in, in like a weird spot like i feel like nobody has any sort of nostalgia for like 2000 to like 2008 <laughs> collecting so the glory the Which glory is, years that was when i was that's what that was yeah, when that, i started the lebron it was glory like years. it was right well yes there's lebron of course but Were like not collecting 0304 chrome right, well i yeah i know well but i feel like there though it was like post junk wax so people felt didn't feel as like that thrill of like oh you're gonna make a ton of money off of it. it's like no you're just it's not worth it was, anything. it was actually quite the opposite i believe it was yeah. like oh no you collect sports cards because the whole idea of the junk wax was still fresh in people's minds right. like oh cards were worth money but then we found out that they were not worth money so why are you doing this exactly. you're wasting your money by buying trading cards regardless if it makes you happy and you like collecting you're, they're going to be they're not worth as much as they are i mean you probably had a lot of that with kids who are pokemon collectors as well their parents were probably like why are you wasting your money on pokemon cards and that's exactly what it was it was i i started with pokemon and then it became baseball but it was never ever about money i think pokemon a little bit because some of the charizard stuff was like you got a charizard it felt big like that was you had something there but for me yeah, it was always about just collecting about set about Collecting my favorite team. Like, I didn't, if I, I probably got cards that were really good as a kid, but I still would be bummed because I'm like, well, I didn't get any Giants cards. So mm. that was, that was a waste of $10 for me. <laughs> so it, it, that's, so for me, when I come back into this and it's like, oh, this is fun. I remember how fun it was <clears throat> to collect this and yeah. see all the fun art on the pick, on the cards and all that. And then it's like the money making side is just happens to be a nice perk on top of this uh, hobby Cody's that I like. like. I was looking for a giant. I got this stupid Clayton Kershaw rookie. Stupid Clayton oh, Kershaw. No, Clayton Kershaw. Right? I got this dumb <laughs> angel, Mike Trout. Ah, oh, God. I wanted. I really wanted John Bowker. Oh uh, well. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll add that like a hundred percent. Like me outside of the outside of sports cards. In general, I will say 100. percent I'm I'm a I'm just a collector of things. Um, so being like sports cards when I was a kid was one of those things I just enjoyed doing, obviously. Um, and I, I like collecting I like collecting all type of things. So when I saw this industry start um, evolving right in the in the late 20, 2000s, early 2010s with you guys and with uh, Chad, and I saw what you guys were doing, it like it made so much sense to me because it was like. Now I do have a chance at going after some of these high dollar cards that I only would ever dream about because it's 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 splitting the price with other collectors to get into certain products that I would never be able to buy on my own, right? So I saw that and I was like, that makes so much sense to me to do it this way, how how you guys were doing it. Yeah. Um, because then, then I then I started being like, okay, I couldn't afford cards when LeBron was coming out, 
his rookie cards even back then like obviously i was a high school student so i didn't have a lot of disposable income but i was like this andrew wiggins kid 2014 um there's a lot of hype behind him i i like him like i i think that's the guy that i want to collect for 2014 that that's really what brought me brought brought me back yeah and i mean <clears throat> look at it this this piece and, and i can't deny that the industry has headed that way i mean you see a card sell for a million dollars that's that's insanity right so then then you are approaching you know big payoffs uh, of this stuff i mean we started doing breaks i mean i think it was like rg3 andrew luck era those were like selling for two to three hundred dollars when you'd pull it box prices were a fraction of what they were now and that was something big for us then and now you're looking at these logo mans these triple logo mans that we pulled and stuff that, that are that are six figure cards and it, it is it is insane and you know it's opened up some regulation it's opened up that question and there is a gray area there's a gray area that um that we don't know what's going on but at the same time in the world you're seeing a lot more gambling with sports that in the past states have you know legalized arizona's got casinos sports betting casinos now so things have changed i don't want to say it's gambling i think it's your choice uh, obviously there is that element of you getting something that's of more value i think what's pushing it over the edge is the way some of these new businesses are conducting business and that's the only thing that they know how to do that's what they came in they watched the guy do it they're doing it the same way they're, that guy's doing it because that's their generation um you know doing paying uh, auctioning off a certain amount to get a like a certain card but then if you buy uh you know if you go over a certain amount on auction then you have three chances at a poll and you get to keep one and we're like we're really like getting to the point like where you're at a blackjack table and you have that like extra little 21 oh, spot a little, yeah, the, 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 the little the little five dollar and if the you okay. get a 21 you get an extra you know they call those 10 to five bets, yeah. But yeah yeah you know, yeah, I, yeah so like we're, we're getting in these tactics because i love them though people have to move so much volume during the era of the pandemic the distributors that held all the cards no pun intended were rising the cost of the product so that the new guys that came in were paying more than we ever did and then we were actually getting less and they had to figure out ways to make more money on already skyrocketing cases like twenty thirty thousand dollar cases well how do you do that you got to confuse the customer and we've never taken that route but in order for them to survive they've confused the customer they've added more in they've mixered stuff so you can't figure out what value and i think that's what's opened up this conversation and that's also made michael rubin and fanatics also wanting to get in this industry by seeing these high dollar cards getting involved in athlete with athletes and and um so i mean i, you're, I think you're gonna see some sort of regulation ebay's already taken the first step uh we'll see how that happens when that rolls out but um i mean what do you guys think i mean is it going to be good is it going to be bad i mean i don't think the regulation is going to be good by any means i think at the end of the day like getting back to like card selling for x amount of dollars a card is only worth what somebody is willing to pay for it so like it's not like the manufacturers are coming out and saying you pull this card it's worth x amount of dollars right they they are not i mean let's let's not blur the lines here they're not they're they're, not. they're stated odds on the back of of some some boxes and some packs but they don't state a monetary value it's only worth what somebody is willing to pay for it on an open market like ebay or comc or something like that so <coughs> that is where i think the manufacturers are safe because they, they they are and I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I agree with you it's the same thing as if somebody paints an art piece and 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 that guy somebody pays 20 million dollars for that 
art piece because the guy's a famous artist. But the way that it's distributed, I think, is what's the biggest question is I feel like there is some transparency issues on where cases are going. I'm not saying there's any juice cases, so don't don't put me on, don't quote me on that. But I'm saying there's no this guy's a redemption. You know, this guy uh, in Bowman, like, did did one guy sign 50, one guy sign 1,000? We don't know. So there's a lot of transparency issues there that I think could be cleaned up and fixed so that the person that's buying knows exactly what their chances are, knows that they're guaranteed certain certain cards. I think that can be cleaned up because, you know, we don't know certain things. It's all kind of kept in the dark. But that's what's also made the mystique of why things sell because the less people know, the better, right? I mean – it's it's kind of a slippery slope. I mean, the hobby's fun, but like, you know, somebody's gonna go backwards and buy a a, 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 a twenty twenty. I mean, we've seen this come up all the time. Twenty twenty contenders, and they want a they want a Joe Burrow auto, and they bought that twenty twenty contenders. Well, Joe Burrow's a redemption, and his expired. Mm-hmm. How many buyers know that? That's yeah, that's I mean, not I think, transparency. I think, I think if we go back, I think Upper Deck. Um, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they used to like tier their auto subjects yeah so you would have like tier one tier two and tier three and then you'd have the odds for tier one tier two and they tier still three. do that so is that going down the path that you're saying when it comes to transparency like what if what if they're what if manufacturers do go to that tiered system does that make you feel better that like there's a certain player that is going to be a lot harder to hit does that deter you from wanting to buy that product no, um, it probably would deter some people. Yeah, but I think, I mean, I don't want them to number cases, but that that could be another way of transparency too. Is if if the cases are numbered, but then some may say if the cases are numbered, then they know where each product's in there. So I guess it's a double. I don't. Sword. I don't know why. I I think I think doing the tiered system would would alleviate that concern that that you have, like especially with like Bowman, right? First overall pick may have signed. 200 base autos right but pick number 750th may have signed 4,000 base autos and as a consumer of said product we don't know that right we have no idea right i mean if you were to if you were to tear it out you'd be like okay well i know the chances of getting a tier one player are one in seven thousand packs but getting an auto of a tier three player is one in 24 packs. Right. I mean, perfect example, 2016. I don't know how many cases we ripped, and then we didn't get one Vladimir Guerrero Jr. auto. But I'm sure there's a guy, insert name here, pitcher for some team, that we get in every case. So if you do the math, then why are we not getting a Vladimir Guerrero as often as we're getting said pitcher? Because... Vladimir Guerrero may have costed more. Uh, well, I think without know, a doubt. Or they doubt. made them chase. They want you to chase them. But without a doubt, <clears throat> like, at, at the end of the day, the, the the product is made and the manufacturer needs to make money. If they, if Vladimir Guerrero is $75 an auto, then you can't, you're going to have a limited amount of Vladimir Guerrero autos you can put in there. And if you are going to put in more, what happens to the price? It goes up, right? So then we have people complaining that the box price, instead of being one hundred and fifty dollars, is three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, these are yeah these are all concerns about uh, uh, of everything. I mean, hobby's still fun. I mean, do you guys that are listening here want somebody to come in and tell? 
tell us businesses how to do business? I don't think so. I think it's not really broken right now. Um, I think there could be, from my point of view, there could be more transparency uh, from the manufacturers. Like I said, checklist faster, uh, redemptions. Who's going to be redemption? I mean, that's one thing that they nobody does is who is a redemption in this product? And that's something that is known, right? If the checklist is coming out, we know who's in the product. We know who the redemptions are. As, as the pack-out process is going on. Somebody has to. Why can't we make a note of that on the checklist that said player is... I mean, the only way that you can get away with this is if you just don't have redemptions expire. Right. But if you're going to put an expiration date on redemptions, then you should be letting the customer know who is a redemption before they rip the product. Right. Well, I mean, I guess they're looking at it like they're not going to have the product in two years, so it doesn't matter. That And that, that kind of seems selfish in a sense. Also, on a side note. But you're not going to have full sell-through of that product. That product is not going to be 100% ripped. Like, there, no, 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 there, no. Is, there is, I mean, we can go back and find any product that we want. There are products out there. There's a price point for everything. There is sealed wax of every single year. There's no, there's but no. But the manufacturer come, doesn't have it anymore. So they that's, don't. But there's, but there's no, there's no product that's out there that has a hundred percent ripped. Modern product. Let's like not get crazy. I don't want Vintage. people saying like, buy some fifty six, yeah, fifty two, yeah, some right. tur- some turn of the century like tobacco cards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's something something to keep up on. And and, and like I said, this this piece was uh, great for for Layton, but also kind of just painted the picture in uh, an aspect. I felt, I felt it was definitely more positive. Than it, was it was more negative. positive. But, you know, you have influencers speaking out. You have, you know, Rob Barris uh, from, from Burbank Sports Cards, uh, the card father, saying that, you know, he feels like customers need to go into a shop because box breaks, 85% of people lose out. He's like, but when people walk in my shop, we, they get the full experience. And that you don't think that's biased opinion? Well, it's 100% biased, yeah. Yeah, because he... He does his business in his brick and mortar shop. It's a great shop. Right. It's a great shop, one of the biggest in the country. Um, but he has a biased opinion based on that because he is not in the group break category. Right, and he, uh, his shop probably ten x at our shop, twenty x. No, I, I, I said I said a lot of good things. Yeah, I yeah. Said, then, then I yeah. bam. Yeah, I mean he's always he's always <laughs> been a proponent of it, and I think he took he sees the opportunity to state his opinion on that, and that's fine. You know he's got his opinion, and and he's doing well, and uh, that's fine. But um, I think the accessibility not everybody has a Burbank sports cards on their block or in their town or in, even in their state, so a lot of these people have to go online in order to find people to either rip their box for them or get in a box break, and nobody has. You know, not a lot of people have $1,000 to buy a box of something where they could spend 50 to to $100. And I think people are well aware of their chances of not getting something. I think that's the, the issue is we're trying to – it's like we're trying to come out and protect people from themselves. But I think everybody that's involved and gets into breaks kind of knows that there's a possibility that they may just get base cards as opposed to getting that one auto there. I, I mean, I think what we're going to see – and we, we already do this. I think – and we do a lot of products that are not – typical group break products like not the hip base stuff like we rip everything every single skew we ship everything out um a lot of the breaks are not super exciting because of the pack configuration but i think at the end of the day the way the regulation is going to stand the way i see it is that if somebody buys into a group break 
they're going to have to get something in return. Yeah. Um, that be something. Um, base cards of said team, uh, something. There, there's going, you're like, you cannot sell something and not give somebody a goods or service in return. I mean, Cody, now you've been in this like from day one to now. What is your opinion on? Has it gone more towards gambling since you've been in here? Has it gone more towards a collector? What's your opinion? I think that there are certain uh, certain people, certain outlets that I think lean more heavily into the gambling side of things. Um, to me, it's still about the collector. It's still about, you know, and I, I think when it all comes back to it, and I feel like there has been, especially post-peak, there has been, I think, a bigger push among sort of like a grassroots community of, you know, and we see it with some, you know, some some content that calls out bigger names in this industry that seems to be pretty popular among collectors. I think there is sort of a grassroots effort of like we need to sort of take this hobby back as like what it's all about which is about collecting it's about the hobby we all, i love yeah the hobby i love yeah you know what i'm talking about i don't even have to say the name uh but there is that effort to to bring it back to why we like doing this in the first place the money again is a great uh it, it's a great thing to have as like oh yeah and by the way some cards are, are worth a lot of money and i also think that in the long run whichever way the wind blows on this thing whether it be more regulation whether it be you know, some, some intervention where we have to really come to everybody has to kind of come to terms, take a step back at like, what exactly is everyone doing? What do we call this? Uh, I think it's going to be fine because everybody who is in charge of this, i.e. the big head, you know, the tops is the fanatics, the, the paninis. They are about 10 miles ahead and ready for whatever, whichever, whatever hammer comes down, they are ready. And they will be like, they will, I guess to put it, uh, to put it bluntly, like if there are some, you know, not every state has sports gambling legalized. And has there ever been a bigger backer of it than Fanatics, if that is the case, where I, we know they kind of want to get their hands in that. We know that's something that they've been looking into. And if it comes to that, well, there's going to be a whole heck of a lot of money to get behind it to get those things off the ground and you know legalized. well and i think and i think you hit it on the head there and i think that's why this is even brought to the light now because you have such a big conglomerate that's involved i mean the guy i mean michael rubin was hanging out with you know kardashian and jay-z and tom uh not tom which Chris. kardashian uh all of them they were all there all of them? um yeah yeah uh kim, kim was there kylie was there i mean she's not a kardashian we i just like to say we have gone from the biggest kardashian in this hobby was rob and now it's all of them well, <laughs> hanging out with at least figureheads of the hobby. I still I'm, want not, I'm not saying Kim Kim K is picking up a box of series two in the shop or something, you know. But you know, she's what aware you, of it. What do you think? What do you think Kim K is ripping? Like if she's <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna do a little personal box. What's she ripping? It's gotta be basketball, right? It's probably not. It's I I'd say I'd definitely say she's gonna be looking she, for that Chris Humphrey rookie auto. Top uh -huh. yeah, no, she loves it for the loves it loves the hobby. She's she's into Tops heritage. No, I mean yeah, I don't think I don't think she went to that party knowing that Michael Rubin has a card. None of those now. people 
that was at his white party knows that Michael Rubin is involved with cardboard. No, 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 exactly. But what I'm saying is, it's like, you've got that guy who throws a party for 375 people, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Brady, Robert Kraft, uh, Jack Harlow, Ben Affleck, I mean, anybody who's any, all A-listers are there. And, and our, our our invitation must've got lost. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure. Come on, Michael. I mean, sorry guys. I meant to actually forward you that email. It just got, just been spam. I knew. Yeah. I went straight to spam. (laughs) What I'm saying is, is that, I was actually now there. you have a like, <laughs> but before this, before they bought you know all the licenses and they're starting to do what they're doing, you just had you know Top Spinini and Upper Deck and, and nobody was going to talk about this stuff because they were just you know cohesively coincidentally like yeah they may have lawsuits here and there but nobody was going to talk about this gray area that we're talking about now but you got this huge business and then you have people that are affected by this huge business like a, a la eBay a la maybe whatnot uh, all these other c- companies going like what can we do well you know maybe eBay's pulling back and they're trying to get some regulations on case breaks they stopped case breaks so now they know fanatics has a betting site so they may be like they're gonna make it harder for fanatics i don't know i'm just spitballing but this is all chess games beyond what our pay scale is that's happening behind the scenes by corporations i don't maybe i don't know who owns ebay i don't know if they're involved with you know ESPN or Disney or whatever, you know, they could be involved with to get like a piece like this to come out at this time right before Fanatics Live drops. But I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of moving and shaking behind the scenes for everybody trying to protect their piece of the pie in the collectibles community with the big giant that's coming around. That's got JLo. That's got, you know, uh, partying with CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Tom Brady, all these guys that are already on the team. And they're like, we got to protect this. These are things that we're doing. I'm not saying this is happening, but it's funny that this is all happening now, right before fanatics live comes out right before Fanatics and fanatics has put restrictions on card stores, things like that. All this kind of stuff is now happening. So I think it's, you know, CEOs and people that have seats at the table that are kind of working behind the scenes and putting this information out and helping this information go out. Like I said, this is just my point of view. I don't have any insider information, but I think this is the timing of this is interesting with, we just heard that mama breaks is doing a fanatics live rip at the all-star game. So is fanatics live going to be, uh, are they going to have randoms? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? eBay may say, Hey, you're not doing it the right way by the law. And then there's going to be some kind of battling in between. Uh, you know, Fanatics may say, hey, you can't sell on eBay. You can't do breaks on eBay anymore. Fanatics may say, you can't do breaks on whatnot anymore. We control the supply. So there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that's making stuff like this come to be. When there were, you had Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, they were selling to distributors. They didn't care about any of this stuff. Now it's about data. And then you throw in Fanatics' IPO. They're going to get initial public offering. They're trying to get their, their price up as high as they can before it goes public. A lot of stuff going on. That's just, just hobbies just gotten almost too big here now. And it's also declining at the same time, right? Prices are going down. So it's interesting to see what's going to come to be with this kind of regulation stuff. Maybe it'll just float under the rug. Maybe we won't even be talking about it next week. But it's, it's something. So you want to go to the next transcendent party with me dressed all in white suits and just act super confused? Like, I think it's the white that party. Would be yeah, is this hel- a, is that would be hilarious. No, this is this is how we get invited, right? <laughs> I was actually there though at the white party. It would, yeah. it would actually it'd be hilarious. Were you there? Yeah, it'd be hilarious. They said we were- they said make sure you get six point five gets in. I walked in there. Tom's like six point five. <laughs> Holy! 
What's going on, man? I own your team now. I'm like, I know, bro. He did. So did he give you the inside scoop? He's like, hey, but don't tell, don't tell anyone. I'm starting. He's like, one. Cody's wrong. I'm not no. going to be playing quarterback. He this said he's right. Hey, that guy on the he podcast. He's coming the Niners, right? right? Okay. But he said he's very happy to be part of the Raider black and silver squad. Okay. And I'm like, thank you, sir. Could you imagine if there was? I mean, commitment to excellence. Transcendent. It's, 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 it's written right there. How much not, would a transcendent well, party be? Transcendent set that gets you to the white party. I'm I'm like if you were actually to coordinate and just all sit, all sit at one table at the transcendent party and everybody's dressed in white just like but you're just like cool like when do we go to the all white party yeah. like like is this this is like the cocktail hour right we we're just waiting like who's gonna pick us up it's called like, the white party I wouldn't I wouldn't put that other word you just put in there at first there um, <laughs> you know yeah it's, it's mostly you're wearing oh oh yeah all white sure sure I wore apropos of nothing I wore an all white tux to my junior prom in high school bad look mm. real bad I thought it was cool <laughs> not at all what color was I'd your show tie up. show up at the white so what what happens <laughs> what happens white. if you show up and you're just like I had an invite but I did not get the memo of what you're supposed to be. Yeah, I'm wearing all black. <laughs> Sorry. Like, do you, do you you probably don't get in, right? I think he said there was like 90 security guards there. But you probably like don't that. get in, right? Like, no matter who you are. Like, what if Tom Brady shows up and he just has like, like a like a blue shirt on? I think there's certain people that might not do get they, in. Tom some, Brady gets in no somebody, matter what. Does somebody come out and they're like, we got you a white shirt? It also, yeah, it strikes me as the kind of party of like, hey, don't worry, we got, we or, got, or we have backups. Like we have, right. like we have a whole wardrobe area where you could just go in and oh, to, get fitted to circle this back around to the hobby. Lebron wasn't there, so I'm sure Upper Deck's like, got him. Still, he still was. And us. and still where uh, where, where, where was this? Was this party like in the LA? Yeah, or, oh, it was in New York. Yeah. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, Hamptons. Hamptons. But I'm saying Le- Le- LeBron James, I, you know, doesn't seem like a guy that damn, damn that spam drinks, folder gets us every time. But LeBron James, I'm sure had an invite. I'm sure, right? Steph sure probably had, had an invite. Invi- Steph probably had an invite too. Uh, Steph wasn't there either. But well, what were you? Did you said something like this? It's 375. Yeah, I don't know if this is true, but I heard it's 375 people get invited, A-listers, and then every year he cuts 75. So if you've kind of ran down the rankings. Man, that hurts the old ego because if you were there last year and then, like, <laughs> you're all, you're all, hey, like, is it in my spam folder? Did I did I not? You're like, I my my career is on a decline. Like, yeah, it, is, like, it, is, it is over. Like, like, R. Kelly was probably one of the first ones, but then, then he couldn't. He wasn't involved <laughs> like, in the next dude, one or something. I was going to say, I was going to say. When do you think these parties started? <laughs> no, I don't know. A little That's the first one that came to mind. Yeah, Ben Simmons was probably early on because he was a sixer at one point. Ben right? Simmons, I'm sure, was at these white parties previous years, and he is not there anymore. Markel, no, no, Markel no. Foltz? I mean, he can't be no, there. He's Markel an upper was never. Even though he was the first overall pick, you don't think Markel Foltz? You got to be kind of, you got to be kind of like a, like a, Part of the in crowd, yeah. Well, who's the person that really fell off that could have been at the party and then not there this year? Maybe they're last year, this year. And then Ooh, last year, last there. year, and they did not make the cut this year. That's got to be a big oh. fall. Maybe Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith. Yeah. Do we think did that that far? I mean, he's still. Will I don't know. Smith, Kareem but... wrote a really pe- uh, an interesting piece about uh, Will Smith. How he he thought it was a step back for what he's done as a community. And uh, but he understands what happened. But he, he uh, Will Smith didn't that, did not that win. Is, that is a great question, though. Like, because 
Who? I mean, do people really fall off that quick in a year? I mean, that was pretty bad. I will say uh, this. Uh, tell me if this is a hot take. Everyone needs to calm down about that. I mean, yeah, everybody it, does. But... Every, like everybody, chill. Like yeah, the Will and, Smith. And, the Will and, Smith. And thing? you know what? We should be thanking him. He gave us one of the most like in a in a time where we don't have those type of moments on live TV anymore. Like where everybody's talking about it. Everybody watches their own things. He gave us a moment where every single person in the country, in the world, maybe, was like, we all saw the slap and that was funny. Well, we were in the airport, weren't we? We were coming back yeah. from the mint. I, I was in a I was in a car flying back or uh, drive driving back. Right, because you drove back with Shane. Yeah. Yeah, and we were like, what the heck? Everybody was talking about it at the airport. There were, I, I mean, there was, was two, about two things. There was two yes. things. There, Drake there was, opening, there was up. Drake, yeah. Drake <laughs> opening up flawless. And, and the Will Smith, Will Smith, the Will Smith slap. That was the funniest the part. Same time. Yeah, that was the funniest part because I can't remember who said it, but it was like, "Oh, did you see what's happening?" I'm like, "Yeah, Will Smith slap Chris Rock." Like, what? <laughs> no, Drake, somebody with Ken Holland. But wait, what? <laughs> I, I, I know. I was like trying to watch. But it on a plane. I mean, how much? How much did? Because Chris Rock went on a tour. After and that. he benefited from it. And he benefited from it big time. And he took the slap well. I mean, if there was ever a way to take a slap, he took it absolutely. He took it. He revitalized his career, but we, you know, we're not, we're not. Uh, I haven't seen an, an announcement of you like think, Bad Boys Four or anything coming think, up. Like so. Charlie Sheen was invited to the the white party and maybe not invited no, now. You think that no. zero no. chance? Well, unfortunately, it almost oh, seems, like grandfathered in. It almost seems over. like you know, judging <laughs> by the pictures that were taken, you might age out unless you're a few. You know, you're you're few of the legends like Tom Brady or like you just know, say so, I saw Ben Affleck there and I feel like there's a part of me it's like Ben Affleck might be one of the oldest guys there and he's, he's not an old man he's, he's Batman did what, Ben just Affleck maybe? did him him with J Lo that, that was a package help? deal did that yeah, help yeah, did that help that Ben Affleck get yes, in yeah, like yeah, yeah. if would that been an invitation with just Ben like where's Matt Damon I was gonna say Matt Damon and Matt, Ben Affleck did, maybe a did Matt Damon deal. not did, did he not make it he's not he's he's he probably did get did get invited, but he probably didn't go. That's probably. not Damon. That's not Matt Damon's that vibe. I feel like no. that's not his vibe. Sure. And Jordan never goes to any. I don't of think it's parties. Ben Affleck's vibe. Oh, it's a hundred percent Ben Affleck. No, oh, yeah, sure. Ben but Affleck's. I think, think J Lo wanted dude. to go, and he was like, "I really prefer to stay home tonight." Nah, dude, but Ben is probably the probably <laughs> more crazy partier than J Lo. He's got to get up and teach those stockbrokers how to sell in the morning. You know that's what I right. mean? Um, <laughs> the boiler room. You know, <laughs> boiler room. Uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the greatest Ben Affleck movie of all time. Uh, let's get into. I mean, we we kind of covered the state of breaking. We'll, we'll we'll see what's going on. But like I said, from us as a company, we've always towed the line of like not really talking about value too much. I mean, we do do guess that price in the show, but during breaks, you know, we try not to say because honestly, I mean, you may pull a Web and Yama card that sells for a thousand dollars today, but maybe Web and Yama's, you know, he's like, I'm in the lacrosse tomorrow, and then all of a sudden that card is now worth five dollars. So if I say, hey, I think that card's worth a thousand dollars. And then you wind up selling it for six hundred dollars. You're gonna be like, Mojo Break told me it was worth thousand dollars. They lied to me. So we don't tow that line. We also don't do any kind of stuff that's gonna like raz or half the price. We just you know kind of keep breaking regular and 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 have it have it that way. Not saying that's the better than anybody else. It's just the way that we've done the business, and we try to continue it that way. Keep it wholesome. Uh, we don't cuss on 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 break break lives because we don't know if there's a kid watching try to keep it family friendly try to have fun that's just kind of an, our, 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 always been our mo which is different from some of the guys that have pushed this into where we're talking about now so the guys on some of the guys on whatnot which i i, I appreciate the way they do business 
not our style, but I think that's what's brought this stuff to light to, to make a closing statement here. So uh, let's go into uh, some reviews. Uh, Panini One. C-Rad busted a lot of Panini One. 2022 Panini One. If you had to grade this on a scale of 1 to 10 as a product review, what are you saying? Man, if... <sighs> All right, I'll, I'll give you the full review, somewhat full review. If we're going just from a design standpoint, it's a it's a it's like a nine out of ten. Whoa! Um, design wise, there's a lot of cool <laughs> stuff in there. There's the Formula One dual patch autos. I think are beautiful. Those are new. Yeah, those are the nice. new wonders. It's called the wonders, which looks like a kaboom with the autograph. Um, those are awesome because it's also like has that same kind of cartoon drawing of the players. Um, just in general, a lot of the shadow box acetate stuff looks great. Uh, from a, so from a design standpoint. It's it's a one like uh like you know same same design of one and one basketball for the most part for a lot of the cards, um but from a value standpoint you you gotta be it's gotta be like three out of ten so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna average that score I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna give it maybe like a five out of ten on this one. Yeah, perfect. I mean, how many Brock Purdy's did you pull? Zero. Oh, yeah. he, oh yes, right. It's not in the product. Perfect. It's not in the product <laughs> opportunity there to do a six point five. No, like, <laughs> no, because, if, because if, if you're like, if you're at a, if you're like a three in if, value and a nine in design, <laughs> I know, but, 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 but like if I was Gary Gurney on my scale, a 6.5 scale, then it would actually be no, like a we, two out of 6.5. We could just call it a true, a true 6.5. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, and if you think about this product going forward, it's going to be hard next year. It's going to be real hard. So if, if, if it's already value-wise, I mean, yeah, $450 a box for one card. We went through a lot of cases, and, you know, there was a lot of $25 to $50 cards coming out of your $450 box. You, you take into account you're going to have C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis not signing with Panini next year. They either need to create another parallel of some sort or one, one should be affordable next year. Let, it, let's it, talk about, well, there was Surge, right? Surge, and I'm happy to report. What's Surge? The box that, that is it's a new insert. It looks, new like a, it looks like a black SSP. color blast. It's not autoed. It's not autoed, but it's a metal card as well. I'm refraining um, from calling it a soft drink that came out. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, not Windsor. Oh, 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 we brought it up last week. Yeah, Trust we, me. Okay, okay. Yeah, we, <laughs> you guys, I missed that we, one. We, we, talk, we talked about it. It was, um, it was Coca-Cola's answer to Pepsi's Mountain Dew. Correct. Right. Well, what's the answer to Pepsi's clear? Uh, garbage. <laughs> new I mean, Coke. No, new Coke. A, no, I, actually, actually, the thing is, is that. Crystal Pepsi, right? Yeah. Yeah. Coca-Cola watched Pepsi make Crystal Pepsi mm-hmm. and they're like you can die on that sword. <laughs> is it is it like we're not it we're not going Sprite? we're not no. No. You've never had Crystal Pepsi? They brought it back. A no, they just, brought it back. It's just it, the coloring is clear instead of yeah, brown. Yeah, it, it but it kind I guess it kind of tastes like cola, right? Like it's supposed to taste exactly like Pepsi. It's just but it clear. does not. It doesn't. It, it does doesn't. Not. I tried it a couple years ago. They brought it back, and I'm like, well, I have to try so it. So they had but, to but, use some type of coloring same to make formula. it clear. Even as a kid, when it originally came out, I mean, every kid loves soda, right? I would drink that, and I'm all, eh, I don't even really like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I should love it, but I, I don't even like well, it. Well, you know what? You know what? And there, that's a whole other thing is to talk about like uh, the the drink wars because. You can't go to a place. We can't go to a place, and unless it's a mom and pop, and you're like, I want a Pepsi and I want a Coke. It's not possible. It just doesn't happen because they've already worked out licensing agreements. You go to the airport. I've been to every airport, or you know, I've probably been to 15 of them. I can't find this drink anywhere. Rockstar's nowhere because Monster is the only drink that's in the, all the airports. Coca-Cola. Right. I don't know who makes this one. I don't think it's Pepsi. I think they're their own company. But they basically said, you, sh- you are going to stock Monster, and we're going to get that pipeline going for you. 
You can't. You can't. No, stop I mean it's else. the same thing because I believe like if you go to an airport and you go in a little convenience area, Dasani is the water that you yep. get. Yep. Or Smart um, Water. Or Smart Water, which are all Coca Cola brands. Yeah. So, or if you go to Taco Bell, I think it's one or the other. I think it might it, be Pepsi. It's Pepsi. 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 Yep. And, and McDonald's, McDonald's is, Coke. Is, is Coke. Right. I mean, obviously, the greatest soft drink ever known to man over at Taco Bell is this Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Of course. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, the three worst words in the English language is Pepsi okay. Uh, yeah, no, no. It's never okay. It's never okay. It's I, want yeah, I, want I want Coke. I want Coke. Is Pepsi okay? Because whenever you go to a restaurant, yeah. you go, can I get a Coke? Is Pepsi okay? Like, used, well, it, well, no, it used to. Well, now, now it was like, yeah, I know you're gonna go. It was like, oh, we don't have Sprite, we have Sierra Mist. Oof. Um, but worse. now, but now it's like, now it's Starry, and you're just like, I don't know, that. I don't know. What that <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> dude, dude, <laughs> I, know I know some is. people are. I know, like, obviously, Cody, you are one of these one of these people, but uh-huh. I, I never really. Okay, I might have a slight preference for one, but for me, the difference between Coke and this Pepsi is, is so. Minuscule. It's no. like, no. I, I, I. Are you? Are okay. Okay. First off, maybe we don't even wait until three hundred. <laughs> um, we need to have like four or five different colas. Are we doing the Pepsi a, challenge? And have it and have a taste test. Hey man, I'll I, drink I, any cola. I you, Coca Cola and Pepsi, night and day. Which Absolutely. is funny because I, I, Pepsi I prefer, tastes sweeter, but bro, it's less sugar. Bro, yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. I prefer Coke, but. I'm not. I'm not a stickler for it. Like, no. <laughs> if they only have Pepsi, I'm. I'm drinking a Pepsi. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I can't Who, remember. Uh, I can't remember the last I time is I Dr. went to a Pepper, Is Doctor Pepper Pepsi or is that Coke? No, that, that's its own. That thing. is its own. Seven Up and Doctor Pepper. I think. So. Yeah, but they've they've RC, intertwined. RC Cola. Then there's Mr. Pib. Who's Mr. Pib? Mr. Pib is Coke. Coke. Yeah. Oh. Look, what we're trying to say is the surge <laughs> insert is fine. <laughs> Bring it back around. <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is that. What we were talking about last week, I was worried that the surge would just straight up replace a hit. But there's a hit with the surge insert in a box. So it's mm. actually Panini one and one football. Mm, I like that. So what do we do? We do like the So so people just weigh boxes and, at that point then and find out I what the knew, surge is. Dude, if you watch my I, – I did 10 cases this weekend. The very last case Sunday night, my last case that I did, you could watch that stream, guys. You guys can go back and watch it. I – Grab this box. I'm like, whoa, this is heavier than anything I've ever lifted this week. Surge. And I knew the surge was in there. Did, and you, it scre- did, you, did you go, surge? See, when I say surge, when I hear surge, I think I'm going to be paying a lot more for an Uber is what I'm thinking. Because um, it's surge, surge pricing. So I think for, to answer your question, what they have to do next year is turn it into Panini 1-1 one one football. Yeah, you got to put a base card in there. They have to put a base card in there, and then there has to be sought after SPs, like the Surge or, or like a downtown. Yeah, because, I mean, even the 99 base cards, if you get a rookie or something, it's still going to be worth something. Like, and, and if you can get a Stroud rookie base card or a Bryce Young rookie base card out of a high-end product like that, it, it, it's, it, it's more valuable. I, it, I also want to say, though, like Panini doesn't come out and make this product and dictate what the market price is going to be. They didn't come out and say, hey, we're going to make this product and it's going to sell for $450 to $500. Um, that is the sure supply and demand of the product and different distribution channels and online retailers that created that market at $450, $500. Panini didn't put resources in this product for it to be that market price. So that is why 
if you open up a box and you do get a $25 card, the retail price was not supposed to be 500 Right. Let's, I mean, we've talked about it before. I feel like I got to talk about it again, like, and defend the manufacturers from this standpoint because well, they. But we don't know if they are doing surge pricing or whatever they call it the uh, I think dynamic pricing. Dynamic pricing. They don't, we don't know if they're doing dynamic pricing, but. Uh, I mean, are, are we ever going to get to a point here in this industry, this hobby, and what we do? Are we ever going to get to a point where. It truly is the market that dictates the prices of these. Because, I, I mean, it happens after the release. But think, I'm talking about pre-release. I think we see it with with Dutch Auction, first off the line stuff. Yeah. Bit. But the issue with that is that there's a base price because a lot of the online retailers are already putting up the 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 regular release of that product. So, like, at that point, if it's $450 for said product the FOTL release from the Dutch auction isn't going to get much below the 450 because there's already been a baseline set. Yeah. Yeah. and that's, But I don't know where they come up with the one. Well, the one was first off the line, right? There was a first off the there line. There was one. a first yeah. off the yeah. line. I don't know what it sold for. It, I mean, it probably, it was sold probably like, too much. It was probably like 600 It was dude. too much. Well, $700. and that was last week's re- release. Um, this week we've got uh, a, a bunch of releases dropping on Friday, so you're probably listening to this. Some of you guys are listening to this on Thursday. You can head over to mojobreak.com and get into um, you got Chronicles Soccer. you got Chronicles Draft Picks Football 2023. And I wanted to highlight Finest Baseball. So we got Finest Baseball available, PYT at mojobreak.com. Get your teams. I'm looking over the checklist right now, 92 autograph subjects on the base list. Um, Masataka Yoshida. I don't know. Has he had an autograph yet? No, he has okay. not. So that's going to be a big one. Um, you've got Adley Rushman. <laughs> you've got Volpe. You've got uh, the guy on the Diamondbacks as well. Um, Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll. But the Cardinals. Uh, you, yeah, you got Walker. Uh, you also have Kodai Senga on there as well. I don't know if these guys are going to be live or Redemptions. We will see. Once again, there's no list of what Redemptions. James Outman is on here as well. So it's a pretty good list. And then you got your, you know, your staple baseball guys in here as well, like your, you know, Dennis Eckersley, JJ, uh, JJ uh, Blade, Jose Canseco. <laughs> Uh, you've got Toglia. You got Nomar Garcia Par. So it's got a, kind of a mix. Giants only have one guy, Logan Webb. That's it. That's all you choose. Ah, for Giants. Giants will be a bargain team. As a combo team. And I'm looking right now. I'm looking at it. Well, they call it 2000 Tops Finest, World's Finest. But I'm assuming these are because these are all guys that were on WBC teams. I don't know if these are official World Baseball Classic, but uh, we don't have any autos of the recent World Baseball Classic yet. So that might be our first look at that. Is it? I don't know. The- from the 2010 WBC, or is it current WBC? No, well, it's all current players. Cedric but it's Mullins, a 2000 Gigi design. Romito, 2000, yeah, 2010 yeah. design? 2000 design. 2000 design. Right. So I don't think it's that, but also it's all WBC players, so it might be. Yeah, and it looks like Trout and Otani are not in the base set, but they will be in the uh, insert sets. The finest autograph, what he just mentioned, Top's Finest World autographs. You're going to have Trout. You also have the finest headliners where you'll find Shohei Otani as well. Uh, finest Moments autographs you'll, you're back as well with uh, Pete Alonso, Julio Rodriguez. So you've got you got a lot of chase here. you got Super Fractors to chase. They have original buybacks, uh, Barry Larkin, Chipper Jones, David Wright, Frank Thomas, Hideki Matsui, Miguel Tejada, Trevor Hoffman, Tori Glavin. So lots of stuff. I think it's a fun set. You're looking at two autos per box. 
right? Is it two autos? Yeah. Two autos per box, one each mini box. So 16 autos in the case. Eight box case break. So uh, and on card, and this is a st it's a staple set. So, you know, I think ever since we've been breaking, there's always been a finest release. So it's, it, it is a for baseball. It's for me. It's a it's a top five. I always I always love tops finest. Yeah, not a lot of base, but enough base. Got perfect a, amount of base. Perfect amount yep. of base. I got my 1993 Barry Bonds, so near and dear to my heart, um, that I have from uh, one of the original uh, finest releases. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that this week. And I wanted to mention 2023 Chronicles. See, uh, Red, you, you stumbled upon something on the sell sheet, which is interesting. So 2023 Chronicles draft picks football is coming out. And we know looming is Will Levis, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Probably not going to have autographs, but – what did it say in the in the sell sheet? It says, "Look for a gold vinyl Bryce Young autograph." A. Oh, look for a. Uh, uh, uh. Singular. So, seems like they got one of them in there. <laughs> Only. What it tells me is they are using whatever autos they have less left very sparingly I feel and they're being mindful about not overpopulating exactly. the market. There's <laughs> that too. <laughs> Real mindful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they did quietly release those licensed autos through Panini Instant, which was 125 Bryce Young Panther autographs. I think it was – there was no Will Levis, but there was uh, 351 Strouds. Are you sure there was no Will Levis? Only 125. Now, now – sure there was no Will Levis? No. Now, they never had to deal with them to begin with. Even though they had – I don't know what you up. Even though they have leftover stickers of these guys from the collegiate products that they did, how are they able to make NFL? Well, it's not. It's collegiate. No, I thought it's them in their pro uniform. Oh, those ones? I don't know. Well, how they advertise it, this is the first time I've ever seen this, is it said Bryce Young autographed to 125, but then the picture showed Bryce Young, and it said player signature. So maybe that, maybe that was their way of getting around. What? I mean, but they paid. This is obviously probably stickers from the NIL deal. Yep. Yeah. They paid for for that inventory, so no, so they, why, they own why, those autographs. Why, why can't they use them? I don't, it, well, who knows the the stipulation? Well, he's saying the stipulation of of uh, NFL license version of them. Because I think maybe now now maybe we get in some insight. Maybe they, it's only like you can't have on card autos of these kids or something, or you can't put them in releases, but you can have like instant cards. They just can't be in released in products well, I, well we're seeing it with 2023 though but it is collegiate so i don't know weird and wacky times only time will tell i think it's just gonna take some time well it's a shame that uh panini didn't get any sticker autos of victor webayama i mean i'm not i had an idea i was like what if they were able to buy a signed victor webayama jersey and take that autograph and cut it and put it into a patch could that what if they were able for like eminencism? Yeah, it's just like they buy it and it's like sign on the patch. They cut that part of the jersey up, put it in there. They use the rest of the jersey for all the regular cards. What if? What if? I mean, what if you go one step further and what if you just buy Top a cards? bunch of Bowman's best Web and Yama autos that have stickers and just like cut the sticker out? Well, then you're super break. Uh, I know. I was gonna say. I'm like, I'm all, I'm all that. That isn't. I, I'm bringing it up because it's something that we have seen in the past. Look, uh, Scott Allen got hired by Panini America. No, um, yeah. no, we've seen it before, and 
Super Break is still around to, to, to tell about it. I mean, it didn't it didn't have a great response. No, it was great. <laughs> God, I love that company. It's so funny. There's a lot of a lot of good fodder with those guys. There's I mean, there's releases. You look on the calendar and it's pretty consistent. They're, so they, somebody they, they're hustling. somebody out there is buying it. They're hustling. Somebody's buying it. Who's buying it? Select basketball came out last week as well. Um, I did want to mention before we could jump back into the other new releases that I was talking to you guys off, uh, off of the air, but man, it was felt like such a big opportunity to do XRCs for select. Uh, I mean, select is affordable, which is good. So that's the one good thing is it's not a thousand dollars a box anymore. It's like what? $400 right now. Barely, barely three, three fifty uh, basketball. Yeah. Three fifty. Three fifty. Okay, it's so the best, best deal in the hobby. That's a great deal. But they there's no other, like, you know, Optic, you know, you go down, uh, you know, your Panini One needed downtowns. Well, you can't because they have it in Optic. You'd be like, Select needed XRCs. You can't say, Well, they put it in another product. They don't. They don't put XRCs in any basketball. Maybe, product. but maybe it's part of their license or player agreement that they can't do XRCs. Maybe for, for basketball. basketball. Maybe. We don't, we don't know. Or they don't want to devalue Because they the used prism? to do it for basketball. The last year I remember them doing XRCs, and it wasn't even in Select, but the last year they did XRCs for basketball, I believe, was 12, that 2014, 2015 year. No, it was the 12, 13 because of the strike season, I think, they did it. No, the 2014, they had um, – You're okay, you know, you're right. Because the 2013 season had XRCs for Andrew Wiggins' rookie year, and I think that was the last time they did XRCs. Did they have for mm-hmm. which product? It was for 13, 14. Uh, Gold not, standard? Not innovation. It was um, 13, 14 intrigue. Mm, and there was, there was basketball XRCs. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. There was Bring ex- it back. There was XRCs for first pick, second pick, third pick, fourth pick, fifth pick for basketball Did for the intrigue following year. Did intrigue have the glass card? Mm-hmm. Intrigue. Mm. Did Stained it? That, no, there was one that had like a glass card that was already like kind of already had a that was in like a sleeve but it was in the there was uh, a, that was well, absolute had a redemption for it that was an intrigue no 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 no. there was yeah there, it was already it was a pre intrigue was the one that had card. the extra pack and it was all just like the base all right like, it was oh, like yeah. their, their face the, yeah it had like, had like it was like silver silver all, yeah. all silver and then they're like you oh yeah one. yeah then there was a gold every once in yeah. a while yeah no. i do remember that one but i remember the 10 11 season had the XRCs for the 12th, like Kyrie and stuff, because they were technically 10, 11 rookies, but since there was no products being made, they put it all in 12, 13 when the season came back as a strike. But yeah, uh, yeah so we also got uh, Chronicle Soccer. It seems to be hot or already pre selling well at mojobreak.com. And uh, am I forgetting one? There's Chronicles Draft, Chronicle Soccer, Finest Baseball, and one more, right? Uh, um, it's not a big of a deal. It's really Select H2. Select H2 as well. So. And then Overtime Finest with the, aim- with the Thompson Brothers. Oh, they're still making overtime, huh? Yeah. Overtime finest. All yeah. Overtime finest. finest. Tops OTE. finest. OTE. OTE. Again, with the Thompson twins. But they're exclusive to Panini. How are we doing this? Well, they not. Well, this is probably the last one, I would imagine. I would imagine, yeah. yeah. They're like, please. What a time. Man, what a time. The trading card wars. We'll have to write a movie about this at some point once it's all said and done. Oh, somebody has to do it. At least put a documentary together. Interview all the big na- big players. Are we get invited to that? Michael Room is definitely not no. going to be in it. He's going to be at the white party. I'll still be wearing all white for our interview. We, we better we better open up that spam folder. Yeah, make sure just all white, white party. <laughs> I mean, just to make sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe I didn't check my DMs. Maybe he DM me um, directly. Directly, it just slid right in. But I Didn't mean, see you at the uh, the white party. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I only have beige. I think backyard was there though. I think they were there. They're at the white party. Probably, uh, probably I, not. Uh, Tops MVP buyback will return, so they're going to be doing that again. I thought that was a good a good hit. That is great, and I love that the fact that there's going to be like the speculation, right? Oh yeah, we didn't really get into it. I mean, we talked outside of. The I mean, podcast, a- AL is pretty much set. Barring injury. Well, come yeah. on, no, man. No, no, no. You're right. Barring injury because did you see Shohei got taken out of the game yesterday? But there's nobody better. He's, he is the greatest. It's safe to say he is the greatest baseball player that we've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. I don't think it's controversial. So it'll be I mean, oh, it'll be the MVPs from this year, right? Right. Probably. Right. So, so Otani and Acuna is probably the leader in the clubhouse right now. So Otani might be a little banged up. Blister in his middle finger. And Trout is going to be out for a little while. Ham ate bone fracture. So the Angels. Joe Adele. They were Help us. climbing up, sniffing the playoffs, and it's a no-go. Save us, Joe Adele. Did you guys hear this story before we uh, end the show, uh, about, uh, courtesy of uh, Sports Collectors Daily? This is actually from a few weeks ago. Uh, but did you guys hear about Yogi uh, Berra's uh, rings and uh, Roger Maris's awards? So they were missing. They were stolen um, in, in numerous heists of uh, treasured museums. They'd been stolen. And uh, the people that got them melted them Oh, to sell the raw materials. No, I think I missed this. Yeah. So eight. Eight. It looks like eight. Oh, is it eight out of nine of his championship rings were melted down? That is awful. Can you imagine? What's I mean? What's the value of a ring compared to it melted down? But I guess if you're a thief, you're gonna get caught if it's not melted down, right? right. So that's what it is. Because I'm sure the ring itself would have been worth as way much, more. if not more. Way more. Yeah, way more as way it was. More. But yeah. how do you melt down a metal like with like a like a like a torch? Like says a, like a blowtorch? Includes eight of nine World Series rings, seven other championship rings, and two MVP plaques. Presented to Barra, which were housed in Barra Museum and Learning Center in New Jersey before. Oh, they were stolen in 2014, and they just solved the case now. Wow. That uh, that they they finally found out that the 2016 burglary uh, and Maris's stuff was stolen from there as well. So they caught the people. Yes. They caught them. All four men were charged with substantial counts of theft of major artwork and concealment of disposal of objects of cultural heritage. So. Um, yeah, I mean that's crazy. So I mean, those are probably like six-figure pieces of memorabilia, easily that were sold for whatever the metal is worth. I mean, that's that's insan- insanity. That's that sucks. Probably for like what I'm guessing is like they probably got like 10k out that. Probably nothing. Yeah, but it's just like if you were to steal a one-on-one card, what are you gonna do with it? You're telling Melt me it that? down. Melt it down. Yeah. <laughs> Melt it down. You tell me that there's not like a guy. If you're a true collector, you're gonna stare at it forever. Right. Well, but people steal for money. I'm assuming, right? So you can't turn that into money unless you do something with it. So yeah. Wow. Uh, we uh, we close the show out on a, a real high note. Did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just shocked there's not like a guy on the black market you would have found who would been like, yeah, I won't tell anyone that these are Yogi Berra's eight World Series rings, and I'll give you market value for it. Just sure. a wheelbarrow full of. Precious yeah, metals yeah, that's been melted down into just a giant. There's got to be like somebody like overseas <laughs> or something, right? Um, These guys probably weren't too bright. No, a, that's really what it they were bright down. enough to figure out how to melt it down. Yeah, I mean, true. have you seen like the MVP trophies? They're big. They are big. Well, those World Series rings back then probably. No, I'm not talking about the MVP, MVP, the MVP trophies. trophies are big, they were always pretty big. Like, yeah. 
You can't sit there with like a soldering iron and just hold it to. It's going to take a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Panini signed a the first high school player to a card deal. Yeah, we saw Trey we, Johnson. Saw that. You guys talked about that one. Baby Gronk. <clears throat> uh, I know. We didn't really talk about the um the Oh, I, I what was what was that whole thing oh, that we did a couple like we don't need to bring this up again. We don't we don't need to bring this up again. Riz and the say it, Cody. Riz King. <laughs> I actually used Riz the other day. Baby Gronk. Is it was it Liv Livy Livy Rizzed up Baby Gronk. Yes. So <laughs> Livy is a person, correct? Livy's a person. I think she is dating or have been seen hanging around with the great Chase Elliott. Wait, is that for real? Yeah, I think so. Wow. <laughs> Only you would know. Yeah. Breaking news. Wow. Uh, Gronk, the real Gronk, <laughs> is suing. Yes. And he said he came out. At, there Wait, was he's a, suing baby Gronk? Yes. I think he might have been half joking, but he said like, that I'm getting a little annoyed. He confirmed what you were saying, that he's like, the father is the most annoying person in the world. He's like, he DMs me like hundreds of times. And he's like, he just, just talks to get like a shout out or just something? to just to get like some kind of approval for the name or whatever. <clears throat> and he, he was talking to somebody in Bleacher. I think it was either Bleacher or, or Barstool put it out there. And, and he was like, man, this guy's this guy needs to go a different route to promote his son. He's really annoying. He's really brash and stuff like that. So, yeah, I genuinely feel bad about for the, kid the definition of clout chasing right there. Then. Yep. Yeah. Well, guys, hopefully we'll see you guys at the National. Once again, uh, if you want to go to the coolest party of the National, we're doing our kickoff party on Thursday of the National. What's the date on that? Is that July 27th? July. July 27th. Yep. And uh, it starts at 6. So right when the National winds down, head over to our party. We're going to have a karaoke contest. We're going to have special guests in the building. We're going to do a lot of giveaways as well. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be food. Uh, the, the, the guest list is already getting close to being full. So if you're interested in going to the best party at the National, hit us up. Go to our Facebook community and message us because there's a special link for you to get in. It's free to get in, but you got to RSVP. And, and like I said, we're more than halfway full on our 150 capacity. So make sure you guys message us. If you want to go to the coolest party at the National, you're going to be in Chicago for the National. Come by and see us. We're going to have special guests at the building. We're going to be giving away stuff. I think at least the grand prize for the karaoke contest is going to be a National Treasures box. So... You know, if you're if you got the voice, you think you can win. We're gonna have judges send us a DM for that. If you're like, I want it on this karaoke contest, I am the next songbird of my generation, and I'm ready to go on there and sing Fergie's national anthem in front of a whole group of Mojo Break collectors. Yes! And if you're if you're ready yeah. to do that, then come on in and 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 you know, if if you're a bad singer, maybe you make it more entertaining. Yo. We're gonna vote on all kinds of scales. Yo, if you don't sing as good as Will Ferrell and Step Brothers, don't even don't even <laughs> apply. <laughs> Which song was that? That was uh, the uh, uh, I think it was Bonnie Raitt, I believe. The one that he was saying. Oh, yeah. I'll give him some. Oh, who's that one? Talk about. No, no, no. Not even, I'm not even talking. Yeah, about, I'm talking about, the, about, I'm the, talking about the song in the, in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that one. Okay, okay. I thought you were talking about when it's like Catalina Wine Mixer. No, yeah, no, no, no. Okay. No, um, no. I think Doug was just singing it. That, that's yeah, it. no. Yes, that's what he's Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think it, yeah. So, is, I mean. Is, it, is that Bonnie Raitt? Let's give them something. I have to get I mean, back I, I, If I got that right, that is great knowledge. Let's uh, yeah. let's give them. It's by Bonnie Raitt. Yep, good call, Dan. Yep, great job. He's got it. How do I do it? 
So yeah, make sure you join the hype <laughs> Facebook community. If you want into the party, let us know. Also, we're gonna have if you if you don't get there Thursday and you're getting there Friday for the weekend, we're also gonna have our booth. We're gonna have limited edition shirts. We're gonna have free stuff to give away. Sign up for a chance at a free break if you want to get into a free break, or you're at least gonna get like either a free pack or a heavy discount code if you're at the national. So come by our booth, say hi. Um, I think we're gonna do uh, uh, we're gonna do guest opportunities or uh, uh, meet and greets with C-Rad as well. So we'll have specific times for that on one of those days as well. So if you want to book that in advance, <laughs> um, you know, so and this, you know, I don't know what his fee is going to be, but he'll have a fee. So we'll, we'll talk about that soon. Um, we'll give him something to talk about, but we'll see you guys on the <laughs> next show. Mojobreak.com is the site for your breaks. Mojobreakshop.com for your sealed wax and uh, get into the finest. Check it out. Chase some super fractors and we'll see you guys next week on the hype. Peace.